It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Welcome to the Bad News Broadcast. If you're willing to examine what few want to hear and even fewer are willing to face, you're on the right station. This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org. Let's get started. Weather whiplash. Welcome to the new world. And if you think it's bad now, hang on. The ride's just getting started. First, thaw continues as mild wet weather eats away snowpack. That's from WGNTV.com. It's the big January thaw setting in immediately following the super sensationalized January so-called polar vortex, deadly cold, life-threatening, record-setting, super slippery, surfactant-soaked, frozen material that we're told is naturally nucleated snow, except it isn't. Is this frozen material contaminated? Yes. How do I know? Lab testing and published science studies. Please don't believe me. Investigate for yourself. Start with searching and reviewing the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. And what comes after the super sensationalized surface deep freeze? This, new from AccuWeather, dramatic warm-up to send temperatures through the roof in eastern U.S. From the report, again, this is from AccuWeather. It will feel more like the middle of spring rather than the heart of winter for millions of people across the eastern United States, with temperatures approaching record high territory. Correction, many records will be broken, not just daytime highs, but nightly low record highs. And what about the U.S. states blanketed in record fog warnings? According to the Weather Channel, 50 million Americans were under fog warnings. Many also under flash flood warnings. The same Americans that were just the recipients of the chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding flash freeze. More on the record fog in a moment. Stay tuned. About patented processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding. From MSN.com. California weather warning. U.S. faces barrage of storms that will unleash half foot of freezing rain. If that happens... That will be truly catastrophic wherever they orchestrate that. The report says, Meanwhile, heavy wet snow is expected along the Sierra Nevada during similar time frames. And then this. In addition, the influx of warmer air overrunning the trapped cold air near the ground will continue to bring the potential of ice-slash-freezing rain for the Columbia Gorge. That's in the northwestern U.S. Yes, So much freezing rain, so much hail, so much cement snow. And I realize in colder sections where they nucleate long enough and it gets cold enough, the snow becomes very different. But as they're initially nucleating far above freezing moisture, it can be off the Pacific, off the Atlantic, or off the record-warm Gulf of Mexico, initially it's heavy, wet cement snow. The super slippery surfactant kind. And how many have taken the time to view the climate engineering cover-up actors at, for example, the Weather Channel or any other scheduled weather so-called forecasters? Because it's becoming truly astounding, the efforts they go to to explain away how warm Gulf of Mexico moisture from the record warm Gulf of Mexico 
And even though it is record warm, in fact, in the case of last summer, up to 100 plus degrees off the southwestern coast of Florida, nothing's allowed to spin, nothing was allowed to spin anywhere near the oil production platforms. Imagine that, just nature being kind to big oil? Don't think so. But this Gulf of Mexico moisture suddenly, quote, changes over to snow, end quote. It's exactly the term they label it with. And now almost always with a transition zone of freezing rain as the chemically nucleated moisture settles to the surface before setting up. It's truly tragic how many are willing to deceive so long as it provides a paycheck and a pension, which for the record won't matter for much longer. The great sleeping the tale of the human race, which must be changed. A complete course correction, because nothing short of a great awakening will give us any chance of even near-term survival on a rapidly dying planet. doesn't matter if you don't believe it. It's coming. As I've tried to warn for a decade and a half, global conflict will be among the final cards played by the controllers. Their response to unfolding and accelerating global biosphere collapse. Much more on that subject in a moment. Very, very dire news. But first this, for those that dare to face the wider horizon, the lies and the deception from all official sources, along with the so-called experts, we get this. New from CBS News, how fringe anti-science views infiltrated mainstream politics and what it means in 2024. From the report, they say this, it's a dangerous shift driven by a critical mass of people who now reject, quote, decades of science. Anti-science movement picked up pace, they say. Yes, anti-science, a.k.a. questioning the official lies. That's what we're not supposed to do. The kind of so-called science that's bought and paid for by those who print the money and the so-called higher education institutions which they own from the foundation up. And about the global conflict card being played out by the controllers, the same ones that have long since been colluding and cooperating from behind the curtain on covert climate intervention operations, along with the other global problem of the last few years, more of which is already being cooked up for the masses. They've already warned us about that, haven't they? Anyway, about the conflict card. New from Medium.com, Germany's intelligence service says NATO in war by 2025. From the sun.uk, Baltic states unveil plan for labyrinth of bunkers, trenches, and dragon's teeth on Vlad's border, Vlad, a.k.a. Putin, as Europe braces for war. And this is close to home for me because my wife is from Lithuania. I met her there. It's such a beautiful country and a beautiful people, but like the rest of the masses, only an increasing liability for the manipulators of the matrix. And that is most true for the population of the U.S., the often heavily armed population, a rapidly increasing liability for those in power. Anyone who thinks that the manipulators of the matrix are here to help them and their posterity to continue to proliferate until nothing is left, think again. How many times have they said on the record that 95% of global populations need to go? These dots aren't hard to connect. And we are very late in the game. 
Here's more, also from The Sun. NATO calls up biggest global force in decades with 90,000 troops to begin, quote, steadfast defender, end quote, World War III drills in days. Yes, always the heroic-sounding names for orchestrated insanity. War is a racket, as the saying goes. It always has been. From TheEconomist.com, the ever-expanding Middle East War. Ten countries have now been dragged into the fighting. Yes, they're just getting started. Keep that in mind. Let's add this to the equation. A supercomputer predicts 25% of life on Earth will soon be extinct. That's from MSN.com. They then say Europe's best supercomputer says one-fourth of life will be gone by 2100. I'll elaborate on that in a moment. They continue, Earth is currently going through its sixth mass extinction event, And at the beginning of 2023, Europe's best supercomputer predicted most of the deaths of this event are probably going to occur between now and the turn of the century. What happens then? We live happily ever after? Let's stop there. The so-called supercomputer says that most of the mass extinction deaths are going to occur sometime in the next 76 years. This is either a super dumb supercomputer or it's just another willful lie of pacification from the so-called science community. Right now, today, 80 to 90% of Earth's insect populations, terrestrial and aquatic, are gone. 70% of Earth's wildlife populations, conservatively, have perished in the last 40 years alone. And the rate of die-off is radically accelerating. And to be clear, that was 70% of an already greatly diminished global wildlife population. Plankton populations down 90% in the Atlantic. Other oceans not far behind. No plankton, no people. Global tree populations down by approximately 65% since the dawn of so-called civilization. And the final 35% of life-giving trees are in some stage of dying. I know, I live in the middle of a forest and it is dying by the day. All of the carnage is accelerating exponentially and the so-called supercomputer says one-fourth of life on Earth will be gone by 2100, we're 200% or more past that point today. Now, so many lies, so much deception, so much criminality and circles of control, along with a mind-numbing majority apathy in the ranks of populations. And none of this bodes well for the extremely near-term fate of the human race, or for that matter, all life on earth. A tidal wave of biosphere collapse on all fronts looms over our collective heads, and the so-called, quote, defense industry grinds on. Wouldn't death industry be a more accurate name for this cancerous cabal? Isn't that what they manufacture? WMDs for all sides of every conflict to maximize the carnage, to maximize the casualties. Another form of population control. And of course there are those other so-called wars, extremely one-sided conflicts in which one side of the agenda-filled, manipulated so-called war has a so-called military, which consists of old pickup trucks, even older motorcycles, and lawnmower-powered hang gliders as their air force. Such populations have occupied lands for time immemorial, lands that the manipulators of the matrix of the military-industrial complex want cleared, leveled, carpet-bombed. Thus, the original occupants and defenders of such lands are not allowed to possess or acquire 
the latest WMDs from the military-industrial complex, or often not even allowed to acquire basic necessities, but rather are more or less unfortunate victims of what amounts to target practice for the controllers of the most advanced military juggernauts on the planet, and conflicts that were launched from scenarios that were clearly known about and, if one does any honest, objective investigation, orchestrated to serve nakedly obvious agendas. Bouncing back to biosphere collapse, sensationalized headlines, and the dimming of our skies. First, I had to include this from AccuWeather. Texas alligator makes snout hole in frozen pond to survive winter. Wow, Texas must be in the middle of an ice age. How could it be so cold? But what's that same alligator going to be doing in a week or so? Putting on his sunscreen and catching a tan. This is engineered weather whiplash. Anyone that has anything to say about the climate from any perspective that doesn't first and foremost include and address the subject of climate intervention operations is either clueless or lying. Take your pick. Frogs, bats, and the few remaining insects are out trying to survive in the middle of winter in Northern California. They don't know what season it is. How could they? We had snow a week or so ago, and now we're headed towards 75 degrees in a few days? This isn't nature. How obvious can it be that the climate is broken, and those that have chosen to play God with the weather had a great part in breaking it, not the only part, And far too many people are trying to convince themselves of that, that the only thing wrong with the climate is climate intervention operations. But it's not rational to come to that conclusion. The planet doesn't know the difference from the various forms of damage to it. It's not one thing that damages the planet and nothing else does. We've trashed this planet in too many ways to even begin to consider or calculate. Where would I start? But the intentional intervention in the planet's life support systems have prevented the planet from attempting to respond from the endless list of other forms of damage. Thus, if it continues, if what's happening in our skies continues, it will pound the final nails into our collective coffins. And for those carrying out these operations, let me make this clear. There is nothing benevolent in this. They are not trying to save humanity from itself. That couldn't be further from the truth. It's simply, at this point, a headless, heartless, soulless cancer of power and control that will exterminate us all if it is left to its own devices. From the LA Times, Southern California sees two once-in-a-thousand-year storms within weeks. More could be coming, the report says. So, did last year's California rain apocalypse and snowmageddon erase a decade and a half of drought? Did the so-called rainpocalypse and snowmageddon safeguard us from water problems created by the record hot summer of 2023, that's globally, along with the record-shattering hot entire year of 2023? Not just a bit of a record, but a quantum leap toward meltdown. Short answer, no. Water problems did not go away, and the U.S. drought monitor that pretends the drought issue for California is all better now. This is a total lie. And of course, no mention of the fact that the precipitation is completely contaminated. The forests are dying faster than ever. As I look out over 
the forest surrounding my off-grid home that 20 years ago you couldn't find a dead tree and now they're everywhere and more appearing by the day. More on engineered drought and contaminated precipitation coming up. Stay tuned. First, this major thaw is coming to most of the U.S. This is more follow-up headlines. After Arctic blasts left 80 dead in frigid temps, but new threat of freezing rain and flooding leave 120 million at risk. That was from the U.K. Daily Mail. That report says meteorologists warn of showers, fog, and the accumulation of ice on slick surfaces that may complicate the morning commute. Weather-related deaths surged over last week. Slick surfaces. Surfactant soaked snow. Connected? You decide. I'll leave it up to the listener to decide. From AccuWeather.com, weakened storm will bring next round of snow to the northeast. They say it may be hard to believe later this week when the temperature is pushing 60 or more, but accumulating snow and ice can return to a portion of the Great Lakes and northeast. This is from AccuWeather Meteorologists. Weather whiplash. The weather roller coaster. If you don't believe that the climate engineers have this kind of sway over the climate with their chemical concoctions, please first search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org and search Chinese scientists engineer snowstorm. Major media coverage, all major sources, popular science, MSNBC, CNN, The Guardian, all of them. But if you bring it up here in the U.S., you're beat down. You're told, don't do your own research. Don't try to investigate what you're officially told. Just shut up and go about your life until you can't. As mentioned at the start of this broadcast from CNN, stuck in a fog? Question mark. It's not just you. It's been record foggy in the U.S. And... There's this, why thick fog is blanketing a record stretch of the U.S. That's from multiple sources. That that report says, Thursday marked the third day in a row of this record-breaking fog outbreak. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning set records for the number of dense fog advisories nationally. Isn't that amazing? What happens when you put elements that are somewhat like dry ice in the sense that they are chemically nucleated with an endothermic reacting element and then you have warm moisture migrating all over above it. Yeah, that's what happens. And how come people don't question when everything is going wildly out of control in every direction from what we once knew was weather, and nobody questions anything, that snow no, no longer has anything to do with elevation? You're either on the warm side of the cold winter storm or the cold side of the winter storm with a transition zone of freezing rain, between the warm moisture and the frozen material that falls from the sky and elevation has nothing to do with it? Why don't people question this? What's wrong with our society at this point? Because we have McDonald's and Wally World, Walmart, we don't need an environment anymore? Many are going to be in for rude awakening soon because food doesn't come from Walmart. It comes from a functional environment. And there's no more AccuWeather extended forecasts, at least that I can find, a.k.a. the extended scheduled weather. Because it's so all over the board, literally from one day to the next, they change the next six weeks scheduled weather because they don't have any real handle on what they're doing now. It's completely out of control, and all they do is double down again and again and again. That's what insanity does. 
And that's what they're doing. And now all rain forecasts, a.k.a. again the scheduled weather, are shown in percentage chance of rain. Historically, this wasn't the case. When large, well-organized weather systems approached, the forecasters said there would be rain, period. Not a percentage chance of rain. Why is this? Because no matter how large a flow of moisture is approaching a region, it can now be dispersed and dissipated at will by the climate engineers, by the use of RF microwave transmissions, a vast network of them, and extreme levels of cloud moisture seeding with condensation nuclei. If you put too many small condensation nuclei in cloud moisture, the droplets don't combine and fall as rain, it migrates. And now what do we see with many of these moisture flows? A very consistent rapid fire drizzle on the ground. It's not the usual various sizes of raindrops, but sometimes hours or days of just a consistent cold drizzle with featureless skies. And if you live in a quiet location like where I live in the wilderness, you can hear a parade of jets nonstop overhead, one after another after another. I don't live at the end of an LAX runway. How come people don't notice this? How come they don't notice skies that look like something from another planet? This week when I was in Reading, literally the sky, it was on Tuesday, it looked like something out of a science fiction movie, and nobody notices anything. In the meantime, again, the life support systems of the planet continue to be contaminated and totally derailed. On that note, from phys.org, climate change can put the planet's largest reserves of drinking water at risk. Let's stop there for a moment. At risk, there's already not a single uncontaminated drop of rain on the entire planet, not from the North Pole to the South Pole to the top of Mount Everest. That's not my opinion. It's peer-reviewed science study, and all of our lab tests prove it, because I certainly wouldn't believe the peer-reviewed science study just because it's a peer-reviewed science study. But we've done hundreds and hundreds of tests ourselves at geoengineeringwatch.org, and we can say the same. Never had an uncontaminated rain sample, ever. And the samples are becoming more and more contaminated with a plethora of toxic elements, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, surfactants, graphene. Now we know we have defoliants in that mix as well. We paid a lot for those tests, and we will publish more on that soon. But how can anything survive? It's killing everything. Soil microbiome, insects, tree root systems, everything. And this article from a so-called science source, phys.org, blames it all on just the warming of the planet. There's so much more. And the complete derailing of the hydrological cycle, which climate engineering is the single biggest factor in that equation. Again, not saying we wouldn't have problems without climate engineering. I'm not saying if climate engineering stops that we will all live happily ever after. I'm absolutely not saying that. We're through the guardrail. We are going to the bottom of the canyon. But the longer the insanity in our skies is allowed to continue, the less chance we have of anybody surviving that ride. In regard to totally derailing the hydrological cycle, let's add this. From news.shining.science.com, groundwater levels are dropping fast all over the world. Groundwater levels in many parts of the world are declining at concerning rates according to the most detailed view of the problem yet. This threatens an essential supply of water for people, agriculture, and ecosystems. Wells are already running dry in many aquifers around the world, and millions of other shallow wells are at risk given these rates of decline. 
Groundwater declines can create serious issues long before aquifers are fully depleted. They can allow salt to contaminate the water supply, cause the land to sink, and even dry out wetlands. This is all happening in so many places, and many people think as soon as it rains, everything's fine. That couldn't be further from the truth. Many regions geologically are not recharge zones. Regions like subterranean alluvial fans, they don't recharge. Some of the major aquifers are literally left over from the last ice age. They don't just come back. And we have regions like the Central Valley in California where we have massive amounts of surface contamination infiltrating those groundwaters that are building up in the aquifer sediments. And because the aquifers, again, are being pumped lower and lower, we have massive amounts of subsidence. In fact, some of the Central Valley regions are subsiding so fast, the California aqueduct is now at risk. Water doesn't flow uphill as these areas subside. So much in the balance. Let's keep going from Wired.com. The world's essential aquifers are in deep trouble. More from the New York Times. They abducted a river in California and nobody stopped them. From that report, farms drained part of the Merced River for months. Officials didn't find out until after the fact, raising questions about the state's ability to manage water supplies. Again, all that sensationalized precipitation last year, and we have such desperation that we have farmers under the radar draining off rivers. And the Sacramento River, which flows near where I live, very, very little being let out of the dam, even through winter. Last year, this year, very little. And yet the dam is still far from full, or the lake, Lake Shasta, far from being full. And there's so much confusion about this. Many people think or try to convince themselves that there's no water problem. They're just letting too much water out of the dam. That is not true. It's not true. And because we have such altered atmospheric chemistry at this point, when it's not raining, Water is evaporating from terrestrial regions very quickly. The entire hydrological cycle is completely overturned at this point. Another from the New York Times. Who gets water in California? Question mark. Whoever gets there first. can sort that one out. But water wars are coming all over the world. They're already well underway. Dwindling water, dead forests, intense heat, extreme UV radiation, the firestorm infernos are also coming again. On that note... New from Newsweek, California insurance crisis deepens as providers pull out of state. And it isn't just California. Of course, Floridians with waterfront homes are finding themselves without insurance as well. A good investment for them might be a life raft and a snorkel. Let's switch gears to South America from phys.org. Global warming was primary cause of unprecedented Amazon drought, study finds. Again, completely illegitimate title. When there's no mention of the single greatest hydrological cycle disrupting factor of all, a.k.a. climate intervention operations, then this headline, and whatever the study says, is not legitimate. From the UK Guardian, devastating drought in Amazon result of climate crisis. Again, another source, same lie. Extreme weather threatens world's biggest carbon store as rainforest is already close to tipping point. No, it's past the tipping point, far past the tipping point. In regards to our global scenario, we passed the point of no return about two decades ago. Amazon is no longer a carbon sink. It's a carbon source. Same is true with boreal forests. Poison soils, 
contaminated rain, intense UV radiation, denigrating ozone layer. We have the climate engineering factor completely inseparable from all of that. And all of these sources, all the so-called scientists that represent them, continuing to pretend that climate engineering isn't raging in our skies, absolutely raging. From the city paper Bogota.com, Colombia's high-altitude Andean wetlands, wetlands, high-altitude wetlands ravaged by devastating forest fires. From AFP.com, forest fires burn in Colombia amid record heat. Does our media tell us any of this, anything, while we're watching the daily dog and pony show of political theater? Total meaningless absurdity and how many people are waving their banners pretending that their particular political clown, if elected, will fix everything. We live in an asylum while the world is literally imploding around us from Radio Free Asia. Snowless winter in Himalayas, another sign of climate change. And it is all the above. I want to stress that. Yes, the climate's not just changing, it's collapsing. We face an abrupt climate collapse. It's happening now, and it's from all forms of harmful human activity. That list is endless. Yes, climate engineering, the single greatest disrupting factor, but not greater than all other factors combined. We're burning 100 million barrels of carbon fuel a day, 23 million tons of coal a day. All of that is a massive problem. Now when you add climate engineering on top, that is an absolute recipe for near-term planetary extinction. This report about snowless Himalayas says lack of snow could mean water shortages for millions across Asia. Where's the could, may, might? When there's no snow, there's no runoff, there's no water. Of course it means water shortages. They say spanning thousands of kilometers and containing the world's highest mountains, this region supplies water to major rivers. With peak winter almost over, the report says, the warmer weather concerns farmers and nomads. Concerns? They're petrified. Why wouldn't they be? No water, no life. Weather whack-a-mole all over the world. A planet gone mad. And a people, the majority of which don't seem to care. I know so many that have long since come and gone from the front line, never to return. And on the other side of that equation, I know people who have immense challenges. So much just to get through a day for them. And yet, they are focused on this battle. I know homeless people that are focused on this battle. They can barely make it day to day, but they are focused on this battle while someone else drives by in their brand new Lexus that couldn't give a damn. This isn't right. None of it. Another from the UK Daily Mail. Why the world is due for more conflicts around the globe with Ukraine, Gaza, and the Red Sea all at war. Why more wars will break out as nations clamor for resources with water at the top of that list. Let's look at this report. Britain's Defense Secretary Grant Shapps warned in a speech that the UK has moved out of a post-war state and is now facing a pre-war world. The first year that fighting in Europe accounted for more than 25,000 of the world's deaths from state-based violence since the Second World War. And let's not forget the now over 25,000 that have been killed on one small patch of ground in the Middle East. And that number only represents those that are not still buried under the apocalyptic expanses of rubble. Africa has also seen a series of Successful military coups, the report states, governments have been overthrown in countries including 
Burkina, Faso, Guinea, Chad, Mali, Gabon, Niger, and the Democratic Republic of Congo. Sub-Saharan Africa, already a region with extreme poverty and disease, will bear the brunt of rising temperatures sooner than others. Again, water, a major factor here. Western powers have cut off moisture to African countries for decades, forcing them to their knees and thus forcing them to allow U.S. occupation in Africa. That's why there's so many bases all over the world. Covert climate engineering. Weapon with which the controllers can bring populations to their knees without those populations ever even knowing they're under assault. Report continues, agriculture is regularly disrupted by extreme weather in the Sahal and the Horn of Africa and the loss of livelihoods and increasingly scarce resources are, quote, intensifying intercommunal conflict, further militarizing historic disputes and encouraging communities to mobilize along ethnic lines, divide and conquer. Think about it. More from the report. The region has to contend with extreme storms, unusually heavy rainfall, and wildfires. Geoengineers control the spigot, remember that, as well as droughts, sandstorms, and food insecurity. Turkey was also the victim of a deadly earthquake last year, displacing thousands of people. Remember that? About five days after their president flipped the middle finger to NATO. Worsening conditions in sub-Saharan Africa, as well as across the north of the continent and the Middle East, will continue to force people from their homes. What's more, the report says Africa is home to about one-third of the world's mineral resources, including minerals that are vital to the world's clean energy technologies. No such thing at this point. Not yet. Forecasts suggest that the coming decades will see the world's need for cobalt, copper, and lithium accelerate many times more than what is being produced for consumer goods and defense applications, which means the war machine, already talked about that, phones, electrical vehicles, and satellites. This poses a significant challenge to the United States and the rest of the West due to China dominating the globe's critical supply of such minerals. Let's weave all this together. The report continues with this. In fact, China accounts for 60% of worldwide production and 85% of processing capacity, according to the United States Institute for Peace. We're definitely going to see more regional conflicts, the report says, because the pressures are mounting. Climate change is making people shift around. Again, no discussion of climate without discussing climate engineering first and foremost. Final excerpt. They bump into each other. That causes problems. There isn't enough water. People are going to start fighting for water. This stuff is all going to happen. Let's stop there because it's not going to happen. It is happening. Desperation for energy will also spawn conflict. It is. From oilprice.com, global nuclear power generation hit all-time high in 2025. We'll see how far we get toward that time frame. The report says global nuclear generation is expected to rise by nearly 3% per year on average through 2026. I don't think we're going to make it there without a total overturning of our reality. They then say the key drivers of growth will be the completion of maintenance works in France, restart of some nuclear power plants in Japan, ones that should have been retired long ago, and new reactors coming online in China, India, South Korea, and Europe, among others, according to the IEA. Think about that. We have one nuclear meltdown, Fukushima, three China syndrome scenarios there that will be an extinction event if other factors don't do the job first. We have 442 reacting facilities, power plants online now, and there's 60 more in process. Is that not the definition of total insanity? Let's add nuclear weapons enough to kill the human race thousands of times over. And people don't think we have a problem? From multiple sources, utility bill debt for Americans hits record as heating homes now seen as a luxury. And if you think that's bad, wait till the market food shelves empty out. Mad Max, it's coming. 
More in the human race's desperate attempt to keep the carbon fuel carnival going full speed ahead until the moment of impact. From the UK Independent, Canada is underestimating toxic oil sand emissions by up to 6,000%. Holy blank. That's the headline. That's not my words. That's the headline. Holy blank. We know what that word is. Stop and think about that for a moment. Officially underestimating toxic oil sand emissions by 6,000%. If you think that's just a case of bad bookkeeping, think again. And for the record, the tar sand oil production fiasco is a total disaster on all fronts, including being an energy net negative in regard to production. Translation, it takes approximately 1.4 units of energy in the form of tar sands to end up with one unit of energy in the form of crude oil. This amounts to an energy conversion at a massive net loss. Total desperation. Can it continue? No chance. Impact coming. Wait and see. And here's a quick footnote for all those that are still clinging to the mind-numbingly false narrative that more carbon in the atmosphere and oceans is wonderful. The more the better. A conclusion of absolute insanity. The oceans are, of course, absorbing far more CO2 and they are dying by the day. It's called ocean acidification. The oceans are also superheating and deoxygenating. It's called Canfield Ocean. Look that one up. And the excess CO2 in the atmosphere is a triggering mechanism. Up to 50 feedback loops are already unfolding, including mass methane release from formerly frozen hydrate and clathrate deposits in the tundra and the seafloor. So for those that are cheerleading industrialized, militarized civilizations, torching, again, of 100 million barrels of hydrocarbon a day, And 23 million tons of coal, and that's not to mention the tar sands I just covered. Here's my question. How much good is that doing for the planet so far as we collectively hurdle toward extremely near-term total collapse, which will be abruptly followed by planetary extinction on all fronts? Nothing can adapt to the complete alteration and contamination of atmospheric chemistry, of oceans, of everything. Translation. If we remain on the current course, our fate is all but sealed. On that upbeat note, you're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 442, January 27th, 2024. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is broadcast on stations across the U.S., and we have just added... As of, I believe, the start of February, we will have eight more stations across the U.S. I'll announce the locations of those stations on next week's broadcast. Recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail outs don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. How do we reach those that still aren't looking up? 
Here's one way. By starting the conversation with Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials which can be found on our homepage. Our only goal, to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. Extremely high quality printed materials with shocking images. A picture is worth a thousand words as the proverb goes. We now have new Geoengineering Watch hoodies to go with our Geoengineering Watch shirts. Shirt and hoodie photos are on our homepage. We have scannable business cards and bumper stickers, all effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Reaching a critical mass of awareness on the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative of our time. If we can expose it, we can stop it. As we awaken our military brothers and sisters to what they're participating in, i.e. their own demise. This includes defense contractors, their families as well. If you're willing to share a picture of yourself with a geoengineering watch shirt, perhaps at a gym, farmer's market, or busy street, Please send your photo to us so we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. And as always, to those who are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters, I, again, want to express my deepest and most profound gratitude. It's our collective efforts that can still make a difference at this late hour. Two weeks ago, My region of Northern California was scheduled to have nighttime lows in the mid-20s for the end of January. But what happened? It seems the weather makers missed their mark by almost 25 degrees with lows now pushing 50 degrees. When there's not enough moisture for chemical ice nucleating cloud seeding operations to be carried out or there's not enough resources to carry them out, the temperatures go right back up. And to be clear, every single engineered surface cool down the climate engineers carry out comes at the cost of an even worse overall long-term warming of the planet, destroying the planet's remaining life support systems and the flora and fauna along with it. From the Kleinman Center for Energy Policy, this a new era of policy in solar geoengineering. The report says the implications of such a global technology merit a better understanding of governance for both research and potential deployment. Potential? About 75 plus years too late for that term. The report continues, as discussions and activity around SG, solar geoengineering, grow, there must be more clarity around governance, institutions, and requirements for research. We must answer critical questions around the impacts, social dimensions, and potential viability of SG, solar geoengineering, in the context of climate change, aka climate collapse. The report was authored by the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy. It was supported by a cross-agency working group that included members from the U.S. Global Change Research Program, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, that's NOAA, the Department of Energy, DOE, the National Science Foundation, that's NSF, the Department of Defense, the Environmental Protection Agency, NASA, the Department of State, among others. Think about that. Think about all those so-called experts which we're told not to question, to accept blindly, don't do your own research while they absolutely spew non-stop deceit. We are drowning in a sea of lies. And we will all perish if we remain in the current course. And for all those that occupy these agencies, take a good long look in the mirror. Look at your children in their eyes. Find your courage. Band together. Stand up. And tell the truth. So-called degrees in so-called higher education are in so many cases nothing more than certificates of indoctrination. And those that move up the ladder do so by committing to the cancer of control. That's how it works. 
From theconversation.com, 2023's billion dollar disasters list shattered the U.S. record with 28 big weather and climate disasters amid Earth's hottest year on record. And that's with temperatures being falsified to the downside, not the upside. And for those that think otherwise, I'm asking you, I'm begging you to do some real research. No, I don't like Al Gore. Who could like Al Gore? Or all the so-called environmental groups that refuse to address climate engineering because the directors of those groups are bought, sold, and paid for. Let's continue with the weather whiplash recap. First, more on chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding. Check the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org again to learn more. From MSN.com, worst winter storm damage I've ever seen. Trees frozen amid severe conditions. They then state Springfield in Oregon was transformed as deadly winter storm left a trail of destruction across parts of the state. The, the images from there were shocking. Ice storm, chemical ice nucleation is certainly the core causal factor in those scenarios. I'm only asking people to research. If you look at the images we have in the engineering winter section, go through all of those reports, you'll be shocked. Ice balls on the shores of Lake Michigan, the Baltic Sea, and and countless other images, patents. Please, have an opinion that comes from investigation, not from what you heard somewhere from someone. Are these operations helping to slow the meltdown in places like Greenland? Not so much. From NBC News, yet another, it's much worse than we thought, report. Here it is. The more scientists study Greenland, the worse its ice melt looks. This continues week after week. More reports, worse than we thought. A new study found that the loss of ice has been underestimated, adding to a recent string of research that has drawn attention to rapid change in Greenland. I have a report about Greenland almost every week because it's getting worse almost every week. And as the weight of the ice is lifted off Greenland, as more and more land-based ice melts and drains into the sea. We have what's called glacial rebound. The land mass itself rises out of the ocean. It's already happening. That displaces even more seawater. More coastal flooding in places like Miami are going to become untenable soon. And that's just the start. How about the Arctic and Antarctica? Both in record low territory for ice mass, for sea ice. It's imploding. And yet we have people that think exactly the opposite because they heard it somewhere. Watch the film Chasing Ice. It's about 10 plus years old. It's non-political. It's just footage. If you don't believe what your own eyes see, there's nothing I can tell you that would make a difference in your opinion. Watch Chasing Ice. Search it online and consider that it is exponentially worse now. But look and decide from what you can see with your own eyes. Have a reason for your opinion. About the land down under from the UK Guardian, heat wave scorches states from east to west as temperatures soar across Australia. Reports as heat warnings have been issued for residents in New South Wales, South Australia, and Western Australia about rising temperatures. Another one from the land down under from the Weather Network. Australia's all-time heat record in jeopardy as temperatures soar. We don't hear anything about this in the US on Matrix Media, do we? Just the non-stop political circus of the absurd. Here's an update on the methane monster from Arctic News. Seafloor methane tipping point crossed in 2024? Question mark. No, not 2024. It's already well into the rearview mirror. The report continues, the danger is that ocean heat could, could may might, abruptly be pushed from the North Atlantic into the Arctic Ocean. 
I've been desperately trying to sound this alarm for a decade and a half. They then say raising temperatures at the seafloor. And then this subheading, terrifying rise in northern hemisphere ocean temperature anomalies. When temperatures rise at the seafloor, methane hydrate fields stabilize and release. It's what's been happening in the Bermuda Triangle for decades. Now it's happening on a massive scale in the polar regions. If this continues, it holds life on Earth in the balance. Every single climate engineering operation that takes place, and many of these operations are over the polar regions and have been for decades, in fact, since immediately after World War II. And in their attempt to mask the severity of what's unfolding, they're only making it worse, only destroying what's left of the planet's remaining life support systems. And we have the whole of the so-called science community pretending these operations aren't going on, no mention of them anywhere, in all their dire predictions, nothing about climate engineering. This omission is nothing short of criminal. Populations must be awakened to the climate engineering atrocities, and I will continue to slog forward in this battle every single day for the rest of my life. From the dailyprogress.com, extreme heat possesses new threat to Pacific Northwest trees, like a sunburn across the entire forest. The report says a growing number of scientists investigating what they say is a new, woefully underestimated threat to the world's plants, climate change-driven extreme heat. In many cases, the report says conditions that have brought about the decline are known as, quote, hot droughts. Driven by above-normal temperatures, hot droughts can be far more damaging to trees than droughts that result simply from a lack of moisture. Hot droughts not only dry out soil, they also dry out the air. This stresses trees and can cause water-carrying tissues inside them to collapse, a process called hydraulic failure. There's also VPD, for the record, vapor pressure deficit, which I have addressed many, many times and will give a much more in-depth report next week because that's yet one more issue that the so-called science community has grossly underestimated, though I've been trying to sound the alarm on it for 15 years. This report from the Daily Progress continues. In a paper earlier this year in the journal Tree Physiology, still made the case that damage to the region trees during the heat dome was triggered primarily by direct damage from heat and solar radiation, a.k.a. extreme UV radiation levels, rather than indirectly by drought caused by the extreme heat. Foliage scorch was primarily found on the southern and western sides of trees and forests, a pattern that follows the track of the sun across the summer sky. The scientific community's current understanding of extreme heat's effect on plants is a worrying, quote, blind spot. Yes, eyes wide shut. Welcome to the so-called climate science community. The report continues with this. What scientists call, quote, thermal tolerances have been established for just 1,028 or less than 1% of the world's 330,200 recognized land-based plants, according to the National Academy of Sciences. And that's only what they've identified. They know nothing. And yet they pretend to know. And they tell us that we should blindly believe them. And even what they do know, they're not willing to tell. Let's translate all that I just covered. The so-called scientists aren't just clueless or lying. They're clueless and lying. There is so little honor in the world. And that's all that we own. That's all that can't be taken from us. Our will, our virtue, our honor. If we lose that, we have lost everything. For those that want to see firsthand footage of how severe the die-off of Western forests are already, please go to the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org, find and search for the section titled Into the Wild, 
it's worse than almost any are aware of, and certainly worse than almost any are willing to admit to. Over the last 20 years, I've had to bear witness to the rapid die-off of the forest around my wilderness home. It's painful for me to walk among the dying and dead trees, the silent, sentient beings, my friends, over so many years, and they did not deserve this, any of it, nor did all the creatures of the forest. But so long as any of them are still fighting to survive, fighting to hang on, to play their part in this grand and miraculous drama of life, I will fight with them. On a number of occasions on this broadcast, I've shared some of what I've experienced over my years of working in the forest to restore habitat on an industrial scale, what I'll call bonus time. I supervised a total of six habitat restoration programs in the wilderness on the east side of Lake Shasta in Northern California, three state programs and three federal. I personally ran the crews. I did all the tree falling of snarled and suppressed trees that had been damaged from destructive logging in years now past. Once the official restoration programs were complete, I continued on my own in solitude. About the bonus times I mentioned, there were moments on heavy equipment and while falling very tall, twisted, sick and dying trees that things went radically wrong. Moments that I knew for a split second that I may have made my last mistake. When a tree slips the stump, slides the wrong way, coming down on top of you, it somehow deflects for no explainable reason. Somehow it veers to the side by only a few feet, but just enough to make all the difference, leaving a yard deep crater in the forest floor, but a crater that I had not been crushed under for reasons I can't explain. I know how to fall trees. I've been doing it since I was 12. My father was an arborist, but the forest is now sick. The trees are now sick, often rotting from the inside out, and it can't always be seen from the outside, thus a new and grave danger created that formerly never was. Climate engineering desolation and contamination is so core to all of it. Did the forest know why I was there? Is the planet a living organism? Could it, was it, protecting me? Did God, the creator, the great spirit, make it so? I can't say that I know, but I absolutely believe it, all of it, to my core. On more than one such occurrence, I laid on the forest floor for a very long time in disbelief, wondering why I was still there, why I had been spared again. This is bonus time, a moment when you know your life doesn't belong to you, when you know you owe it to the whole, when you ponder the miraculousness of it all, when you commit to your core to protect the web of life, to protect creation until your final hour. These are the moments alone in the wilderness that will forever be burned into my mind as well as my soul. So what will we do with our bonus time? As the proverb goes, to he who has been given much, much will be asked. So long as we are still standing, we can, we must make our voices heard. Plant seeds, not the whole tree all at once. We're playing the grandest game of chess. We must learn to play well. All is now in the balance. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific instructions on how you can help to move this fight forward. If by our combined efforts we are able to reach a critical mass of awareness, we would cause a shockwave around the world. Wait and see. Stay strong. Never yield to the insanity ever. Remember why you are here. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.